put your hands together, people, for another delicious episode of Golden Crowdcast. Yeah. Nobody's playing out. You know, I love this theme song. Oh, yeah. We need more themes. Definitely gonna we're get gonna, more. We're themes. gonna come up with a theme song for every like little seg- topic we have. or segments. I don't know. I don't know about topics because we will have to make it segments. like every week. Yeah, I think segments. When we do our top two, we'll have a top two jam. Yeah. You know, like something soft, not like elevating music. It's just ease yeah, in. yeah, easing on in. And so let's ease on this episode. <laughs> Welcome back, <laughs> Golden Craftcast. I'm Sergio. That guy right there, that's and Manny. I'm Manny, I'm in the upside down. Wee! You look like you're in hell. You look like hell. That's what the upside down looks like. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if that like I'm looking at the background. I don't know if like that pillar is meant to be, but it looks like it's doing like the little rock. You that see it? That pillar right there yeah. is, is the staircase. It's the rail that goes up the staircase. Yeah, I know, but it looks like it's doing like the rock sign. Oh, that's rock and rolling. Oh yeah, yeah up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh my Maybe god, it's a foretelling. Who knows? Because we were gonna rock. Today we're talking about none other than the second chapter of season four. It's not chapters. Every episode is a chapter, so it's a second part to the season. Second volume. Second volume. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the second volume, season four, Stranger Things. Wow, we. Do we have some great scenes and some more lovable characters and we just see them do some crazy shit. Um, crazy shit. I mean, you know, I, I was looking forward to it. I binged it almost the first episode the whole night before and then woke up the next morning and I just like watched the whole thing. <laughs> and it was freaking epic. I loved every second of it. You know, what I about know. you? I did too. I think I took, I think I watched in the throughout the whole day i watched the first part in the morning and then later that night i watched like the whole thing until i fell asleep so it was a good thing to like wake up to and a good thing to um fall asleep to so you know completed my day you know it was like so you fell the, asleep that. watching no it was the last thing i watched before i fell asleep basically i didn't yeah, fall asleep crazy to shit to watch yeah before you fall asleep i was just odd i was like oh, yeah oh my god that was so cool, and then I just fell asleep. It was a, <laughs> it was a good time to sleep. Yeah, that was some awesome shit. I mean, yeah. you, obviously, you get to see Vecna way more. You get to see, like, um, just everyone kick ass in their own way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about and unpack here, obviously. Mm-hmm. But before we get to anything, let's get to, uh, you know, what Golden Craft Cast is about. Some yep. craft beers. Beers. So Let me go grab mine real quick. So I guess we got the same type of beer. We got the same beer. So today we got the uh, Held. I mean, if you revert that, but it's actually the Hellcat. It is a Iron Maiden inspired. Well, it's a collaboration, if you will. It is a type of beer is this is a american indian pale lager okay so it's not an ipa it's an ipl 
Yeah. So there is some difference to it. We're going to find variety. out what that difference is. Uh, did you read the back already? I didn't read the back. Let's see. Iron Maiden and BrewDog unite to launch Hellcat, a feisty IPL where hops and malts collide. Hellcat rages with a citrus-forward flavor with a no less aggressive multi backbone. The result is Hazy Gold, IPL with an epically complex balance. Brewed in the USA, Hellcat joins the global trooper family of beers crafted by maiden vocalist and beer aficionado Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson. So the story behind this is I was actually trying to get the Metallica beer. Super sought after and hard to find. I did find a pack, but it was like 17 miles away in <laughs> thick traffic. And I was like, with these gas prices, no, no baby. So instead, we got this, which I think is an even better choice because it's new. Similar style. I mean, going along with the whole metal vibe of Stranger Things. Especially this in this volume or in this season, whatever the hell this is. <laughs> They just took so much freedom. They just gave them so much freedom to do with so they much freedom. It's like, well, you know. Yeah, last two episodes, they're going to be movies. That's it. So, really dope artwork. Yeah. Don't know if you could see that if you're watching the Spotify video or not, but hell yeah. It's a trooper beer. It says right here on United States, better beer, fiercely defined and independent. That's what it says. Iron Maiden, man. What are you going to do? Six percenter. Yeah. Let's give her a crack. It's perfect. You can't really hear the pour on this microphone when you have the scarlet running. It's not the raw ruggedness that we had on the just the equalizer. Got a big Cheers. fat old head. Cheers. Bye. Wow. Oh shit. Oh my gosh. When I take I love a, this one. yeah, when I take a sip of it. this, I'm thinking I'm gonna taste an IPA, mm-hmm. but no, it does not finish like an IPA, sir. Hell no, it does not finish like an IPA at this all. Is a smooth it ass finish, like Corona. Yeah, this is a right? smooth ass finish. Yep, it starts with a strong forward IPA flavor, and then it finishes like a Corona. How? Oh. How? Yeah. Uh, liquid gold this would be good it's gonna be a golden Fun fact <coughs> beer right. is the third most drank thing other than water and wine really and, and beer keep going it's the third most thing oh my god dude i love this one brew dog holy crap what are you going to do? Freaking awesome. So we're stepping on a lot of toes this episode. Got a lot of brands going on. Definitely <laughs> a lot. 
we're about the beer here, people, and about the lore. So, I mean, without further ado, let's kind of continue on the podcast train and talk about some of uh, some of the things we noticed, you know, in the second volume of season four. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. It's coming off of uh, volume one. We learn all these revelations. We know that Vegna is one, whatever this and that. Um, one of the things I kept hanging on, I was thinking of about um, what's her name, Nancy. And she was still trapped there, and I was just so worried. I was like, oh, "Fuck!" I was going to end for. Her. I thought they were going to kill her off. I don't yeah. know why. I was well, just like, uh, I mean, everybody knew like people were going to die. This, yeah, season, you know, yeah, certain people. Well, we come close to a couple of characters. It's mm-hmm. Almost getting yeah, killed. Yeah, very close. Very, very close. close. And I think that's honestly for me, that's what's really um, like hitting the nail in the coffin with Stranger Things, not ending it per se, but really like um, showing you that they're willing to hurt their characters to make you, you know, have a reaction to it. Yeah, like, you know you care. They <laughs> fucked with they fuck with the viewer a lot. I feel like in this uh, in this last chapter too you know but i mean everything you see go down but like you say they're on the brink of death you know mm-hmm. they're really about to be the ones that get it but they get saved and stuff like that yeah um go ahead dude yeah the danger is really there i mean yeah we do lose some characters here and there heroically or not and even one character which i thought like oh okay i guess that's how he goes <laughs> and dude, yeah that shit was awesome <laughs> And I mean, this is this is like the rescue mission. This is like the freaking red dawn of it all, you know? Because you have like that group having to go back. They know who Vegna is now. Everything's revealed to them with Nancy having to tell them all that. We didn't need to see that, but you know, now everyone's filled in what we saw uh, at the end of the last season. <laughs> and yeah, they um. Uh, they pretty much know what they're going up against, kind of, and then they're making their own plan. But in the meanwhile, you still got Eleven, which is, she's still stuck over there in the lab. And in the meanwhile, mm-hmm. you I also mean, got the guys. Working on like, powers and getting. Yeah, you're getting the guys Stella's, having to rescue Stella's getting her. a group back. Yeah, in that sense. And of course, we got. Um, we got a. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say David Harvey and the boys over there, but um, Hopper over there in Russia, yeah. and you know they're about to skip the weight for the role. Man. Yeah, he even like made that nod, like, "Oh, I need to lose the weight." He's like, "Lost oh, so much weight." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of like winked here and there, but before he even made this season, he actually. Oh, I didn't say this in the last episode, but uh, of course he kind of needed to get fit. Or I think mm-hmm. for Hellboy, and then afterwards he was getting ready for Black Widow, and I think he kind of gained the weight. Um, but also like a lot of people are saying like, oh, like this is basically like uh, what Hopper will look like in Russia because that's where we left off. He was in Russia. He became Captain whatever his name is in fucking um, Black Widow. But the basically. interesting part, yeah, the interesting part about it is. That he actually talked to like the Duffer brothers about mm-hmm. the set of Black Widow because he was also in a Russian prison over there, 
and he told them about the set and the details of it so that way they don't get like um mixed up or confused or you know right you know get the same things get, get, the, get the yeah they have they didn't want to get the same things over like oh like we but did they this legitimately in this like had a gulag yeah so they made it i, I think like i mean the prison over in the Black Widow movie obviously was like way modern because it takes a modern times, but like in this one, it seems more like uh, kind of run down, kind of beat up stuff. So it's like, well, I mean, it feels like it's it a up. secret prison. Yeah, like you change it you up. Know? Yeah, it's the it's the it's the last prison you want to be at. The least amount of funding, and they're holding shit there that they're literally like they're just holding the. De- <laughs> For me, you know what that is? That's not a prison, bro. That's a cage for the Demogorgon. Yeah, that's and they're just everybody that their prisoners are there. They're just what they're using them to feed on. Yeah, if you know only the demi gorgon could talk and says like, "Oh, you guys are not locked in here. With, I'm not locked in with here with you guys. You're locked in here with me." Basically, I yeah. mean that's the vibe that it gave me <laughs> when it's like, "Okay, we'll just take five of them and fatten them up." Yeah, and then that whole scene, you know, when they're like, that was chapter one, but like. That whole scene where they're, you know, at the table and everything like that. And he prepares himself for the, to fight them, the Demogorgon. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that goes back to now. Hit them, like, being at that prison. And, I mean, you see some fucking epic shit go down. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, I'm this... hoping if you're listening to this podcast, you've already watched the end of Volume 2. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pretty sure people have. If you saw the first yeah, volume, I mean, you're like, holy we're all shit, gonna talk about watch it. the second yeah. one. Okay, fun fact time. Uh, so I was looking up some visual effects stuff, and it says that the reason that the season four finale was split off from the rest of the season, and this is off comicbook dot uh, com, by the way. Yeah. Article written by Kofi Outlaw, June sixth. So the reason they did that was because the Stranger Things season four finale. Has more visual effects than all of season three. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely and seems like you see, like it, has you a see it. Yeah, you definitely see it. I think. I mean, just go ahead. Um, I mean, from what I heard on this like recent season, I heard like every episode like thirty millions each, but I think the last two are are a little bit more. A little it looks bit more, like it, man. You know, they're, they're putting more time in, into it. I noticed one thing that wasn't in volume one was Vecna's veins on his neck. Mm-hmm. They were practical effects, you know, the way that it was the, moving in or... the, in the first, yeah, that no, the, in the first volume, they didn't move, yeah. but in the second volume, they did. Actually, they that's did what move I noticed. in the first volume. Cause that's what I noticed. Vo- yeah. Oh really? In the first volume? Yeah. In I the first there volume. Was, there was some shots where I feel like they cheated it. Like the yeah. gym where they were fighting in the gym and you just, it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, well, yeah, I that's... I, I, maybe I got to take a second look. Yeah, actually, I was kind of, like, questioning that, too, because I was seeing, like, okay, obviously, I know some of it's, like, practical, but the veins that were moving, that's CGI. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, okay, which were... Which one was, like, how does it look, like, like behind the scenes? And you got to know, like, okay, well, obviously, like, all the added stuff Might is, like, the visual some effects. Dots, some markers on his veins and stuff yeah, like probably. that. Or it's probably like a whole yeah. mass and then just some veins like this and then just the rest of his yeah. body's just CGI or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I have to look that's, into that. That's interesting. But I mean, that alone, knowing that there was more visual effects in the finale than, um, you know, 
all of season three, it's like you could definitely freaking tell, you know, that they put a lot of freaking work into it. Um, another cool thing. So some people, when they released the trailer for Stranger Things Volume 2, some people were able to see Eddie's fingers and know that Master of Puppets was actually going to be featured in it. Really? Huh. Out of the snippets that they saw, they were able to see, like, oh, that they're playing Master of Puppets. So um, Metallica actually responded to them, to the Duffer Brothers. Uh, check this out. This is from Metallica posting, like, the whole scene with uh, Eddie. The way the Duffer, this is them right here. The way the Duffer Brothers have incorporated music into Stranger Things has always been next level. So we were beyond psyched for them to not only include Master of Puppets in the show, but to have such a pivotal scene built around it. We were stoked to see the final result, and when we did, we were totally blown away. It's so extremely well done, so much so that some folks were able to guess the song just by seeing a few seconds of Joseph Quinn's hands in the trailer. Yeah. How cool is that? It's an incredible honor to be such a, a big part of Eddie's journey and to once again be keeping company with all of the other amazing artists featured on the show. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, also the thing so, that I noticed that, yeah, of course, it takes place in 86. And I think that's when the Master of Puppets album actually came out. Master! Master! That shit was awesome, bro. I know. I was really I was blown like, away by all of that. Yeah, I... Yeah, that was easily. That's probably my easy. Um, that's actually my top scene. I was just like, "Oh my god, that is so metal." Um, so should we just go to like top twos in a bit? What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I mean, we could dissect certain things about it that we like here and there and stuff. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I just the... think this is a pivotal scene to just talk about it, yeah. and it's most likely going to be some of our part twos because it was one of the best scenes in the whole thing, but. It's that in that scene that we just talked about right now with Metallica. You know, that scene with Eddie was one of the most pivotal scenes in the whole, uh, I think, season. Especially because this is when the shit hits the fan and everybody scattered everywhere doing their own parts of the uh, plan. And, you know, in the real world, you have um, Max and what's his name? Lucas, Lucas in the in the haunted mansion, you know, fighting off, you know, uh, <laughs> house, yeah. jerk boy, yeah, freaking frat guy or that that varsity dude, um, and then you have his sister over there trying to signal them on when to do their thing, and then you have Dustin and Eddie in the upside down, and their part is to distract all of Vecna's bats and shit, whatever they were. And they do that. And the way they do that is by climbing up on top of that trailer, hooking up an amp, and rocking the fuck out yeah. to some Metallica. And they play Master of Puppets, and that shit was amazing. And I was just like, this this is this is a French kiss right here. Yeah. It's an Italian kiss. Italian kiss. This is a French. It was, it was an Italian kiss, like, but it was also a French kiss because it was aggressive. It was an aggressive move. You yeah. Know? It started off as a Italian, but softcore and hardcore, you know. It started off Italian, but ended up French. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, oh shit! Whoa! And, and then because he, he even starts it, he even starts it. He goes, "Chrissy, this one's for you." 
And then he goes, can we play some audio from that? Do you have your Bluetooth? Can you connect your Bluetooth phone and play some audio from that? Mm. Or can we not play the song? We can't play that song. Just, uh, nah, restrictions shit. from Spotify. And also YouTube. Well, there you go. And also but that. that whole thing where he goes, Chrissy, this one's for you. And then he just fucking starts playing. And then you <laughs> see all the bats fly and the fucking thunderstorm starts hitting. Yeah. And you just see them flying, at, flying out of nowhere. You know, I think... Like going, yeah, I think this is one of the scenes I look forward to because when I saw the trailer for it, um, I was just like, damn, that shit looks so fucking metal. Like, just Eddie, like, you know it's Eddie, him playing the guitar, and then you see the thunder in the background. Like, no, <laughs> it's the fact that they were in the upside I was like, down. oh my god. You know? It no, was it, was the, like, it was the rock, it and it was fit, the thunder. It fit, it fit the environment it so well. It fit the aesthetic. It, it looked like a music video. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Definitely. Like if you were to see the music video and you saw they were like, yeah, okay, I just didn't know what for the music. Yeah, video. I just didn't know what but the, the song was. The way that they tied the context in. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That's when you put good music to use. I mean, I didn't know it was gonna be Metall- uh, Master Puppets Metallica until I heard it, and I was like, yes. I mean, the only time I ever heard like that being put to use is the old school. <laughs> Yeah, but that was like more just, on the funny side. And I was you, like, you know what it was for me? It was I didn't recognize the song at first because you thought know, it was a doom song. Well, when you when you're when you're watching it, I always watch my stuff with subtitles. You know, as soon as he starts playing, it says "Master of Puppets" by Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I recognized I right like, away. Yes. I was like, yes. <sighs> I was like, oh fuck! Because it, it said it before, and it was like, he actually started playing. It says "Master of Puppets" by Metallica. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like yes oh dude i was freaking out i was like the inner like rock star in me was just like fucking yeah you know i was going hard inside you know yeah it was awesome you know and i wanted to find like a actual metallica like beer or at least a whiskey they have like i said they have a metallica it's called enter night yeah oh yeah yeah they have a whiskey like called said, yeah they have a whiskey called black and uh, I was and, uh, it was see on it. Untapped that I saw that it yeah. was available. So Untapped is not the best. We learn from experience. It's not the best advocate for uh, for exactly what beers are there. Sometimes, yeah. Know? It's like um, it's like Weed Maps. It's a hit or miss. It's like Weed Maps sometimes, or briefly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just like oh, it says hit it's there, miss. but they don't really have it. That was like two weeks late. Two hey, weeks real ago. quick, beer check, man. Beer check. How are you doing? How you feeling on this? It's really good. It's like really easy to drink. It's scary. It's scary, yeah. It's like, yeah, I know it tastes like an IPA, but you know it's not as strong as an IPA, so you just keep drinking it. It's, but it is. Yeah. It's a six percenter. Citrusy, yeah, it's very citrusy. No, it's a six percenter. No, you're not listening to what I'm saying. It's very it's citrusy. citrusy. Oh, you get a citrusy notes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that bitterness. It's almost, you know what it is? It's almost on the verge of a tropical IPA. It's I think like a it is. Tropical IPA, right? <laughs> I think that like I think the taste is tropical IPA. I think the taste is that tropical IPA. It just oh. doesn't have like that punch at the end. Oh, it's making me feel loose. So you know loose and loose. Little loosey goosey. All right, man. Let's talk about some another pivotal scene. Pivotal scenes, that man. Happened. So, Stella, like, Stella got her groove back. Meaning, eleven. Got oh her my groove gosh! Back. Yeah. 
when L got her groove back. Yeah. It was Oh my god. That um it this happened in the episode eight. It was simply called Papa and the whole episode was about, you know, Papa. 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 He's being he's not the best of parents, but he isn't that bad. He just pushes and he loves in a certain way. And it's kind of uh, fucked up. It's really I fucked don't know. up. No, it's, it's he, a really I don't feel like he ever loved them. He used them as experiments. And if they were to... I think they decided he did. I feel like he would he would push it further than he needed to, you know? Yeah. But, like, that was, like, that was the scientist in him. You know, it's like um, trying... A scientist trying to love their... It's like the relationship that a scientist would have with their lab rats. Yeah. Right? It's like they're expendable. You have you know multiple amounts but obviously you see towards the end that he ends up you know saving your life yeah i wouldn't call it expendable but because before that uh as we saw in the flashbacks like there was no kid that actually got um that actually died or anything i mean they got left behind at some extent you know we have one that was just like okay well you know he's gonna be more of our aid than um than being a part of the experiments and stuff, so he kind of sees it like, okay, well, uh, he's trying to see what works and what doesn't. So he's, just, I, I think there is some care in him, but I just, it just seems like, since you know he's the scientist first, and whatever second, he just sees things like objectively, not something like this, like you know, more emotionally and not that and all that. So he's like emotionally attached. So he, in some ways. I think he's trying to care, but it's just really hard for him. Like, that's just, like, the kind of vibe I kind of got from him in that sense. Maybe, I mean, maybe, but it ultimately, he's always been after his curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he always would put his kind of, his need for scientific, you know, um, confirmation over the needs of the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's where I feel like the real asshole part of him comes in because he's more he's more um, involved and concerned about results. Yeah, in that sense. You know? really. But I mean, which, was, which is fucked up. But yeah, I mean, the, I think the reason. Yeah, I think the reason I felt that now that I think about it is that, like, um, like what how he felt about one, you know, because after that happened. Like, he was trying to look for him, and he was trying to see, like, okay, well, there is that part of him, like, fuck, you know, we, he lost all the kids, and, I mean, he also lost him, but somewhere out there, it's still him. Like, he's still out there. Yeah. And, I mean, I think he just used him as, like, an extension to wanting to find out, like, okay, well, you open up a portal to another world, so let's just go into this portal, not just to, like, you know, we know that there's another world out there, but also like somewhere out there, uh, one's out there, you know, Victor's mm-hmm. out there just to, um, doing something, just, you know, just being an asshole. Yeah. Just, just being, being an, an asshole. asshole. Just being a raging asshole. I think their assholeness just kind of match each other in some ways <laughs> or another. But I think, well, I mean, there's, look, this is the difference between, I feel like L and one. Yeah. Now that we're kind of getting into that kind of territory because Vecna's one. Everyone knows that. Um 
but basically the difference is is that we didn't see l as a really little kid we don't have her background as a little kid all we know is that she was taken from her mom at a really young age but we don't know what happened before that yeah so i feel like the fifth season might fill that in um but i also feel like because of that we know that vecna is a freaking serial like a, oh my god i'm slurring over here the serial killer is like he's yeah, like he's a, a serial killer kind of vibe because you saw him when he was younger and he would like torture like all those animals and stuff with his mind yeah yeah, it was a. F- you know what full, I'm saying? Yeah, it was a full blown psychopath. You know, he was like so, super quiet about it. Yeah. Even, I mean, being a psychopath with the powers that he has is, you know, obviously not the greatest thing. It's not a good. Not mixture. the greatest combination. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, we see that L is a little. She's more compassionate than one. She is fighting for good, you know. And then, I mean, echoing that fact. Um, we see at the very end when the town is all torn apart, where they pass by that church, you see someone's putting up a banner. Yeah. You know, always fight evil with good. Or something like that. Something along those lines. Really? Like, or good will always conquer evil. Something like that. Or love will conquer all. I don't know. Such a, yeah. Some, 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 something like that. Yeah. I mean, also what it was about, uh, they always make the argument with like oh nature versus nurture and stuff and uh in this case uh Begna one was actually you know bad by nature and eleven was like you know given her circumstances yeah she was a lab rat or whatnot but before that she was like a kid that was loved and you know like attached to like someone that was loved her and I think Mom. that part of her that was like human about her is like oh well. Um, I'm not like Begna. I don't want to be a top predator. You know, that was his yeah. whole, that's his whole motive about it and stuff. And in that sense, like, if you really think about it, the upside down is basically like, I mean, we obviously know it's like the dark side of, or dark parallel of our own world, but it's also like a dark parallel that he created because he's bad by nature. He designed it that way as it is. Because before that, Begna even came. He was, it was just like uncharted territory with like, you know, the monsters were just like you know, there by design and they weren't evil by any account. But right when he brought it in, it was just like, okay, well, he manifested the, the mind flare. And that was the whole thing that just made it his own, you know. I wonder how he started gaining control over them. I think. With his with his telekinesis, with his telekinesis, and then I think his newfound power. I think like his deformation kind of made him powerful. I don't know. But it's very like, the, like I mean, I know I we saw like, like at the end what, of uh, what if what if when I mean he was already powerful, but him going into that dimension, yeah, might have increased his power. Yeah, they, just like what um, Papa said. He basically said like, oh, he he's not like he was before. He's Going stronger while he was in there along the years, yeah. so I think he has something to. I think he has something. He knows something about that, or you know, he's onto something about that. Right. Really. I mean, but I mean, going back to the scene with, uh, you know, Papa fighting, you know, for L, doing that, unlock, pressing the button so she could, I mean, be a, 
she could use her powers at that point. Had that collar on her. She, he pressed the button to release her. And she immediately, like, took down that helicopter. And that yeah. shit was dope. That, that shit was, was like, sick. That was, like, a giant explosion. That was, like, that was a Jedi movie, shit. bro. That was yeah, a movie. That was a fucking stunt. movie. That felt like... That was, like, what if, like, Michael Bay... Day. What if Michael Bay made, like, that a like Star a Wars movie? That was, like, Transformer shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. That was, like, okay, what if Michael Bay has, like, some type of Star Wars movie? This is what it will look like. It's just, like, ah! And then bringing that whole fucking helicopter down. I was, like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. That was epic, dude. Yeah. That I, was epic. That I, was, like, Darth Vader bringing down that ship in Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay tuned for that one. That's coming soon. Oh, my God. That was, uh... That was super epic. I mean, I was trying to think like what eighties movie was like, like that. But I don't think they took anything from the eighties. I think that was straight up nineties. That was like Michael Bay, straight that up Michael was, Bay. Bro. You know, that was, it was like, like early two thousands, some early two thousand shit. Yeah, even nineties Bay is like that. It's like fuck, bunch of helicopters just crashing down. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that was the, yeah. Another thing I was wondering about is like how are they gonna like. We kept thinking, like, how are you going to bring everyone together to fight, like, this one thing? But right. the answer is, like, they didn't. They were still on their own little thing, but they were somehow connected to fight, like, Magna and stuff. Which is... All at the same time. Yeah. It, it, it happened simultaneously. And I think that's, like, one of the strengths of this season is that they split everyone up as opposed to having everyone, like, clusterfuck into, like, one whole fucking story. Well, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because let me tell you, when they all get together, it's dope. But that's part of it. It's like because they're willing to separate them off. Now we're getting the beginning of season five because now everyone's basically split off. You know, when Winona Ryder goes her own way. Yeah. We see her kids go their own way. They end up meeting up and meeting with Elle and then they do their own thing. And then over there you have Lucas and stuff still in Hawkins with Max, you know, like. Yeah still dealing with the real life scenario of what they're dealing with, you know? And then you have freaking um uh Eddie and Mikey in the upside down. Eddie and Dustin. Dustin. I don't know, he just looks like a Mikey. In real life. <laughs> oh, no way, that's not his oh, name man. in real this life. This Iron Man is getting to me right here. <laughs> yeah, Dustin. Dustin. And he he doubles down on the nerdism. He's like, that is so metal, bro. (laughs) That's so funny. I think, um, again, there's also like that relationship change too, because you know he used to be like, I mean, he still is like, he still has a bromance with um Steve, but now you know, like, I mean, you have other friends, so you could like grow out with like another guy, and that guy was like, you know, he was companion. He was like his comrade. Hold on, hold on, hold. He was his nerdy comrade. As opposed to Steve. Yeah. Steve was like, you know, different click. Go ahead. Sorry. Speaking of Steve, we can't skim over this. I know if any ladies are listening to this, they're going to love this whole thing. The love triangle yes. with Nancy and, you know, Steve and the other bloke. What's his name? <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, man. It's just getting weird. Yeah. And you know what? Nancy. Is not being very honest. <laughs> she has mixed feelings. She's confused. She's confused. She's a very confused person at this point. But like, dude, come on. Let's. You guys are trying to save the world here. 
Like, <laughs> you know, let's. <laughs> they sort of focus. It's kind of weird. It's and then we about also babies. see on the love mode, um, Chips Ahoy Girl, Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> what? Scoops Ahoy Girl. <laughs> Why do you keep calling it that? Scoops Ahoy Girl? Because I don't remember her name. What's her name again? Robin? Yeah, Robin. You see her having that little fling with, um, uh, girl. with, uh, yeah, with that one girl. That looks like. She looks like Molly, Molly. Ringwall. Yeah. <laughs> Molly Ringwall. Yeah. That's what they designed her after, right? They were mm-hmm. like, we need someone that looks like Molly Ringwall. Well, you know, and we're just... going to live out this lesbian fantasy where she's just doing it up. Yeah. And they're making peanut butter jelly sandwiches together. Oh, my And then God. Steve's looking over like, at a girl. <laughs> yeah, he has that nice smile. Like... He, has that, he has that look, at a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that I was, was a like, cute that moment. That was cool to see, but I yeah. mean, them just coming, I, I think it was really heroic how even after they were done dealing with Vecna and dealing with all the shit that they did, yeah, they still came back to Hawkins and still asked what they could do, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're like, good-hearted they going. kids, you know, at the end of the day. Um, just speaking about, like, the, the, the love, um... It's funny that you see that um, at one point, you know, like Robin kind of notices like Steve, like having to um, uh, talk to Nancy and they, and it's kind of sparkling like something between them. And like Robin's kind of like happy, like, oh, I'm glad something's happening, you know? And yeah. then when it doesn't work out for them, like he's just like whatever about it and Robin recognizes that. And then, of course, like when we go, we, Get to see um, what's her name, Molly Ringwall at the fucking surplus store. And she's like talking to a guy. She didn't know he had a boyfriend, and yeah. you kind of see her like kind of drifting off. And he's just like, "Oh, dude, like it's cool, you know." Like they kind of both have their moments like, "Oh, it's not gonna work out and stuff." So it's like sort of like this parallel, like you know, like that relationship between Steve and Robin is kind of special because they just they want to be. Each of them want to be happy for themselves or, you know, for them, you know, even though like, yeah, it's a platonic and sort of like, you know, it's not going to be like that type of relationship, but at least, you know, they could be friends and they could have that hope, hope that they could get like, you know, that fucking uh, fairy tale ending, ending type of thing. So it's just like kind of like cool to see that between friends now and you see like go behind each other's backs and knowing like, okay, like it's. It's cool, or like, oh, I see what you're doing right there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, there's a lot of little hints, and then we also get the hint of Winona Ryder's character and that's, Pop. That's not a hint. That's a get, big old hint. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody like, knows they're, they're going to get make back out, together. Basically, yeah. you know? And, but I mean, that would make L and Will basically siblings. Step. But then there's this other thing. They're going to be step siblings. Will and Elle's boyfriend. Wolfhard. You think What's you, his name? Will. Yeah, Will, but the other guy. Which guy? Oh, um, Mike. Yeah, Mike. That's what I'm talking about. Mike. <laughs> yeah, so like Ellen Mike, bro. Ellen Mike already have a thing going. Yeah. Right, but you can see in the Surfer Boy when they're traveling over to the pizza place, mm-hmm. you see that scene yeah. where Will starts 
crying, right? Yeah. Because he's having that conversation with Mike, like, oh, like, you know, you're going to be with her for a long time and stuff like that. And he's like, thanks, man, blah, blah, blah. And then he realizes, like, dude, he's never going to be with him, you know, because he's gay. Yeah, I got that. Honestly, yeah. look, no, I kind of did take people away were, that conversation. Okay, yeah, I did take away with that conversation, but after thinking about it a while, like, I think it's not just that. It's also the fact that he's gay and then he just doesn't, he doesn't really have anyone in his life and he can't really express it that way. And he kind of feels alone. And I think that, I think what convinced Especially me is that whole 80s. talk. Yeah, I think what convinced me was that whole talk that he had with Jonathan. And he yeah. kind of noticed like, oh, like, you know, like, we used to talk, man. Like, you know, if you need anything, like if you're feeling like alone or anything, or you want to get off your chest, like just, you know, come out to me. Like, you're my bro. And honestly, yeah. I, I really like that scene. When he says that was nothing so sweet. You, you do, will, I will ever make me stop loving you or something yeah. like that. Along like, those lines. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Wipe that tear away. It's okay. Oh my God, it's Vecna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go grab another beer. I can help. He's gonna go yeah. kiss Vegna. Go kiss it in the ass. Maybe I'll stop killing people. Super sweet moments in Stranger Things. Of course, I feel like it's coming. Well, it's been good, but I mean, season three was like, eh. But I think season four really killed it. They fucking murdered that shit. Okay, so I got the box for the Hellcat, just in case anybody wants or is interested. Oh, wow. I also have the hat, and it's, like, glitching out. I also got the box for it. I don't know why I say cat. It kind of looks cool. <laughs> it's, like, glitching out. Chicken burgers. Oh, make us chicken burgers. Chicken burgers. Vegna's going to make chicken burgers. Hellcat! <laughs> Hellcat. Dude, I love the artwork on this shit. Yeah. It's awesome. Obviously, we got it because it looks exactly like Hellfire. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm actually doing a, a second one. You can do a second one? This is all I got, man. I'm kind of like, I'm going to budget right now. So, yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. We went to San Francisco. Yeah. To get to know the budget. Yeah, we had to get another budget. I still have some leftover money, some change here and there. Like there you go. Honestly, I thought I was gonna go completely broke this whole trip, <laughs> but I kind of went broke. Didn't order anything at the pub. Yeah, <laughs> you should order. I told you, man, that was a once in a lifetime, bro. No, it's not. I always go back. <laughs> yeah, now, now, but it's gonna be harder for me to go back, asshole. We went to this pub. I don't care about you, Disco. Uh, thanks to Roxy's cousin who recommended it to me. Yeah. Um, he's tight, Ronnie. Good recommendation. Good we went to Pelican Inn, bro. had ourselves a nice. I had myself a Pelican ale. Yeah. And I had myself uh, bangers and mash. Hey. Yeah. And you know what? Let's Sausage take a mashed potatoes. Let's that take a break to actually debrief this whole fucking trip. This trip was like, it was so it was exciting. Really chill. It was, it so was chill. zen. 
And the cool thing was, is it actually looked like San Francisco. We had a lot of sunlight and a lot of fog at the same time. Uh, we basically spent the second day out there. Well, our first day out there, we, we went and we went to San Francisco Brewing Company. We had ourselves a nice flight mm -hmm. of sweet beers yeah. uh, from SF Brewing Company that were fucking stellar. Everything out there is QR code. I think if you want to order something... Like your delis and stuff across the way, you could purchase stuff. You could even like get like separate chocolates and mixed bags and go up to register. But like at the a lot of the restaurants, <laughs> QR code, tap to pay, you know, like yeah. shit like that. Really technologically forward out there. That's I what mean, I like about San Francisco. Very San Francisco. Um, <laughs> we checked out Amoebas in San Francisco. Yeah, that was super for a little chill. bit. Went to some weird hookah bar next door. Well, it wasn't next door. Cool. It was cutting a couple of doors down. It was chill. It was the environment like was door. super was chill. Like right next door. It was next door. It was the smoke shop and then right next door to that. Yeah, exactly. That shit was cool, though. It's like everyone still dresses like it's the 60s out there. Yeah, that was in um, Ashbury. Ashburn. Hate and Ashbury. Ash and Ashbury. Hate and Ashbury. Hate and Ashbury. It was cool. Oh, we also hit, um, what was that park that we hit up in the beginning? Well, was uh, the Dolores Park. Dolores Park. Yeah. We went to Dolores Park, hung out there for a bit. It was cool. Chilled out. It took us about 30 minutes to find fucking parking, but it was cool, like, driving through all the little streets and stuff. Yeah. This, the one thing I would say about San Francisco that I'm looking forward to now is just, like, the scene, the scenery, scenery ID. I, out there it's just like very strong so you know it's very ideal especially if you're like a photographer or any like visual artist and like everything just feels like different very distant just very a lot of space out there and stuff especially Dolores Park which I would recommend going out there if anyone's visiting and I mean I feel like there isn't enough like San Francisco movies but there is it's just like it's really hard to shoot out there because everything's just very hilly, you know. One of the friends that we hung out with said that they filmed Venom right across the street from her. Yeah, but it's probably like a partial because like like type of movies like that they get shot like some things get shot on location, while a lot of things get shot like somewhere else like Atlanta or some shit, you know. But it's. That's from what I heard, like, in, in, in the industry, like, it kind of is a little bit hard to, like, film out there in San Francisco because of the hills. And of course, you have to have, like, a lot of uh, a lot of mobile trucks having to do with equipment, so it's a little hard for mobility out there to actually shoot at a specific, like, um, uh, location that you want, especially if it's, like, you know, it has to do a lot with elevation and stuff. But, I mean, it's doable, but I just feel like, you know, I think this should be a lot. <laughs> A whole lot more. It's a it's a beautiful city, if anything. Probably way more beautiful than LA, that's for sure. More I mean, they have a lot of cool things going on. I feel like LA does too, but it's just different. It's just a different I don't know. It's just a different vibe. It's a lot of hills. <laughs> we'll fuck your shit. I mean it's not Daily just the hills, city but was, it's also the people out there. Daily too. City was like the suburb area of San Francisco and Yeah, it's like the lowest area. We're out, and I was like, had a Costco and chill and shit. So you know, yeah, 
little different. But then we checked out Muir Woods the next day. Muir we Woods. Woods. We went down to the woods. We went we to the woods. Took ourselves some pictures and we smoked ourselves some bowls. And let's right let's just throw let's just throw a little disclaimer out there. A lot of people believe that Return of the Jedi was filmed out there, and in fact, it was actually in Redwood National Park. It just happens to look that Mir- it was in Mere Woods, but it wasn't. Mere Woods just happens to have like those redwood trees. Yes. Case. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> so now we actually got to go to Redwood National Park mm-hmm. to go to Endor. Yeah. I mean, that was the but closest really thing to dope, Endor. Really dope, <laughs> e- really dope either way. Yeah, either way. It was cool. We went out there. We kind of filmed out there. Drank a couple beers. We didn't litter. We didn't litter. I no actually litter. like... You pack it in. You pack it out. You pack it in. You drink it in. And then you crush it. And then, you know, you pack it. And you just... You know, throw it out somewhere. Throw it to the fucking ocean. I don't give a fuck. Just don't. What? <laughs> just don't protect the trash can. Protect the national parks. <laughs> Above all, oh, fuck uh, the oceans. Was, national parks really go. Amazing above. though. Super chill. I'm just kidding. Amazing scenery, and we went down. You forgot. We went down to a a little brewery brewery spot right there too. And forget. Yeah, we did. Well, before we went to Muir Woods. Before we went to Muir Woods. Well, we had that beer at. What? Well, we had the beer before we After. went into the woods. Oh, before. What? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about what that. What was part. that place called? It was. It was called... like fish, fish, something fish. Code. I don't know. It was a chill spot. It was like right next to like a surfboard skateboard shop, and they served beers and they had seafood. I, ha- oysters, I only had to, to be exact. They had yeah, some had, great oysters. And they also had fish tacos, tacos there too. That's Dude, why I said they had a seafood oy- there. I I got some oysters though, and that shit was amazing. Yeah, I I just had the beers because I was okay. I'll just have a beer. It was pretty cool. I like the beer. Uh, I wish I could remember what I had, <laughs> but yeah, it was it definitely was a, hazy. a hazy. I had a hazy. Yeah, I had. I remember I had. I had no, no, no. I had a pilsner. You had the hazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, had yeah a, I don't think you had a hazy. I had the West Coast hazy. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the last one I drank. But then Sergio got us a spot out in the sun, and it was burning hot, and I was like, fuck this, we're moving over there. <laughs> and we went in the shade. That was nice. They they did have a nice recipe for, for salsa there. It was carrot and habanero. It was carrot habanero. Salsa. Shit was bomb. I tried it on my oysters. Delicious. <laughs> for all you chef people out and out there, it's a it's a combo. It's it's a hitter. It makes the salsa orange straight up. It looks like throw up. It looks amazing, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure it tasted amazing. I didn't have anything. It was really was good. Um, all right, let's move forward, man. Let's go back on the Stranger Things. That was a nice little L- little segment. Nice little sidecar. Little segment on our little adventure. So we've. Going back into the adventure, the dark, mysterious adventure, Stranger Things. So, uh, damn, where do we left off? On the love. On the love. Oh, wait. This is what I want to talk about. Another crucial scene. Hopper and Joyce. Crucial scene. Well, I was going to say before all that happens, when they go into Surfer Boy Pizza, and they bribe the guy with the uh, purple palm tree delight. It was basically (laughs) another parallel of fucking... Argyle. Argyle. 
He's like, what's up, what's up, my dude? <laughs> He's like, yo, man, I'm about to close. I can't make you a pie. It's okay. I work for another pie. But what we need is your supplies. He's like, all right. He's like, listen, my dude. We got something to distress you. What I ask you to do this for free. We got a little distressor right here. Take everything away. And then he just walks away with, with the joint. And he just closes like. With his hand. Dude, you know what I loved about that scene? They were like, okay, this is the first thing we need to do. They took everything out of the freezer. And once they did that and they started pouring the salt in, the first thing Argyle started doing was make a pizza. He like started making pizzas yeah. for them. That oh I thought that was dope. Yeah, was that was cool. Like, that was dope. He's like, fuck it, I'm gonna make some pizzas for us, you know? God. And then they had that whole talk about like pine like pineapple on pizza. And it's like Try before you, you try, try it. This <laughs> <laughs> is not bad. Good. I mean we did have like Hawaiian pizza on our way over there to SF, so you know it's not bad. Oh People. my god. That was good. Try before you it was die. So good, man. Yeah. Try before you deny, especially with some jalapenos. Some jalapenos on that. You know, you could put cheese and fruit on anything. You could basically put cheese on everything, really. It's not that disgusting. Just That's shut the hell up. Have fondue. Mm-hmm. Fondue. <laughs> I recently started watching. It's fun Captain to America. do. <laughs> fondue. I started watching um Captain America, the first one. And they have that whole joke where, you know, the one chick, that one agent flirts with, like, uh, Howard Stark, um, Tony Stark's dad. And then it's like, should we go out for fondue? And then he's kind of like, is there a cue here? Like, oh, are you going to go fondue with Howard? He's like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that part makes me laugh. He's like, no, we're going to actually go for fondue. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Side note, sorry, sidetrack. So dumb. <laughs> and because he likes the fondue. Yeah, fondue. It's a really good fondue. Um, so besides try before you deny. So then they put try all that salt in the freezer and then L starts doing her thing mm-hmm. and then she piggybacks off of somebody in a realm and is able to go to the upside down. Mm. Yeah. By piggybacking. Yeah, which is an interesting title because that was the title of the episode. And piggyback. Yeah, and then you got it right off the top at the top of the episode where they're looking at the billboard and it's like a whole family checking out like the Grand Canyon or some shit, and it's basically like a little kid back um, piggybacking on the mom, and that's where she gets the idea. Mind piggyback on mats so that way I face. I I didn't catch that. Yeah. I did not catch that. Really? I huh. got that right away. I was just like, oh, okay. That's what I got the episode called. Pick it back. Um, I mean, that's what I do. Like, if there's a title for an episode, I look out for, like, why it's a call like that. But sometimes right. you don't learn until, like, at the end. But right off the top, yeah. you kind of get it. It's like, oh. Huh. <laughs> yeah. And I like yeah, how he. That's exactly what she did. I like how she tried to explain it with Max. And she's just like, what? <laughs> 
I, I, <laughs> I love that part because in all the seriousness that's going on, yeah. when she explains that little bit, it like brings some comedy into the uh, yeah into the mix. So it's not as like serious and stuff. It's more of like the fun part of Stranger Things, yeah. the 80s part of Stranger Things, you know? Yeah. Like it's... the quirkiness, you know? Yeah. It's of, one of, the... of 80s writing. Yeah. It's one of those things in the movies, too, where like they like, yeah, like... um. They go into something and they're like, oh, okay, like, for example, piggybacking. Uh, and, you know, they say it out loud, but the other person, when they try to explain to the other person, they don't know the context of it. And then while right. us as like the audience, we get it. And that's what's so fucking funny about it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And I love that. I'm talking about like the quirkiness of 80s movies, because I feel like that's a lot of 80s movies jokes it's like the audience isn't on it but the other character isn't you know yeah. like i mean i guess that happens a lot in a lot of theater and stuff like that but it's just the way that she explained it with like the slang terminology that's what's 80s about it you know yeah she's using like 80s terminology to explain like a complicated like telepathic trend you know what i'm saying like it's a complicated telepathic transition yeah that she's doing and she's like oh i'm piggybacking and she's like what yeah uh, you know uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah i mean dude all the all the scenes were badass one of my favorite ones too was when they're fighting vecna and it's steve and nancy and um what's her name again i always forget Robin. Baskin Robbins. Robin. Chip Ahoy. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they call her Robin. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Not well. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that whole part where they, like, go and throw, like, the Molotov cocktails at them. Well, first of all, that scene where they prepare and they get the guns. They go to the gun show. Yeah. And they, like, get all the guns and shit like That's that. straight up Red Dawn. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Bro, what's what's Red Dawn? You don't know what Red Dawn is? No. Red Dawn was a movie with Charlie Sheen and a couple others I'm not remembering where basically an American town, like a rural town, gets taken over by the Russians. So they kill everyone out there, but the kids are the only ones to survive. And they form their own team. Gun show? And they go to like gun stores. They pack up and they call themselves the Wolverines. Oh shit! Again, I know this is gonna happen. Hold up. Sorry. And they call themselves the Red Dawn. No, they call themselves the Wolverines. Ah. <laughs> How come I can't see you? Hold on. I don't know. Honestly, I just got a fucking new camera. I don't know why the fuck is doing this shit. There it goes. I guess it's just like my. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I guess it's. Yeah, we're back. Sorry. That's just a little mess up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, that's what's Red Dawn. Just look it up. Like, it's one of the. I would say it's like one of the most famous 80s movies. It was pretty crazy that scene where you see Nancy. Oh, no. So it's a remake, too. <laughs> he sees Na- he you see Nancy in the varsity dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his name is. I'm just gonna call him Jeff. I think it was Jason or something. Yeah, Jason. There you go. Yeah. Something with a J. And oh, God. he's <laughs> also buying a gun next to Nancy. Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't want one of those because blah blah blah. 
What what was his reason? He said something. But he ends up buying that really big Magnum. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. And it's all chromed out. Yeah. I was like, dude, like what? <laughs> I was like, that's, that's like defining that his good? masculinity. This is like right? <laughs> I got a really you big know what? gun. I gotta I gotta do say something. That was a great choice for a gun yeah. in the scene where they were fighting. Because when he pulls out the gun, you can see all the lights reflect off the gun, and yeah. that shit looks dope. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, Chrome goes with well with a lot of things, especially 80s. if you have like it was it, like that eighties vibe, yeah. like strong, like Chrome, and like lights reflecting off the Chrome sold it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It popped out out of everything in the room. You know? Yeah. But aside from that, um. That's when Nancy gets the, gets the idea to like saw off the barrel. For you know the what? Shotgun. I had the feeling she was going to do that because, of course, you have to do that. <laughs> She's like, well, she said like, oh, yeah. He it had to do something with about- range. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So he's like, that's the thing. He's like, you only got this much to shoot. He's like, but... She's like, oh, yeah, well, that's why I'm going to saw it off. So then I, that makes sure I don't miss. <laughs> I knew, you know yeah, I think that was the line that made me think like, I, yeah, like. It's gonna lack range, but once you cut that off, it's just like you're gonna Dude, get. But that how shit. badass do they look in the attic when they first pull up? Yeah, <laughs> they like all like ramboed out. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she has like the shotgun, she has a bandana. I think Steve has a bandana. Like they're she, all going I remember, and, like yeah. throwing shit at him. Yeah, they they all had like that one the military satire. I remember Robin specifically had the beret and shit. And that's what made yeah. me thought like oh red dawn and shit. So I, I think it was Steve first that threw the, um, the Molotovs, yeah. Molotov, and then it was Robin, and then of course like Nancy was the badass that just like shot that shit like. That shit was awesome, bro. When he sh- when she shot him through like the wall, I was like, oh, dude, what? Like, that was amazing, dude. Yeah. That blew my mind for reals. Like it really did because it was just like you. Kn- Nancy, okay, this is the thing, is like that was the transformation of her character yeah. to that moment. You feel me? Yeah, it she was. wasn't that person at the beginning of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of them were, but I feel like Nancy was the one to transition the most from like just being like I'm not I'm not gonna say helpless, but I'm gonna say like she wasn't as pivotal, she wasn't as much of a badass as she was in the last episode of yeah you know she started off as like a like a girl that was trying to fit in like a goody preppy, two, like a goody goody two, two shoes, shoes and then now she became like a badass and yeah. part of her is still there in that sense but um i will say that i i think nancy should be like the fucking spokesperson of gun safety because in the last volume <laughs> something that really what? speaks about like america <laughs> No, no, no! Just hear me out. She literally said, "Like, okay," um, because she said that she had a gun in her room, right? And if they were to find it, like, if upside down, they would they would find it and stuff. And then one of them said, "Like, hey, like, what do you have a gun?" And this and that, you don't have the bullets in it. It's like, yeah, of course I don't have a bullet. There's a six year old in the freaking household, like. That's basically her saying, like, you know, she's responsible. Say, don't be a dumbass. Yeah, don't be a dumbass. Yeah. Like, she's responsible. Like, yeah, she's a badass. But at least she's still, like, you know, responsible going about by shit. the books and just being responsible yeah. about fucking gun safety, you know? And then and then this season, it's just like, yeah, she got the guns. She knows what kind of guns she has. But 
dude, like, don't tell me about fucking, like, don't talk to me about, like, guns. I know about range. And she does yeah. the most illegal thing to, about guns. But, you know, for her safety, she was arming up for, like, a greater uh, uh, bat, uh, hey man, evil force. Hey, man, you know what? That's the way to go. I always yeah. thought, like, you know, a good shotgun to defend the home. But my friend was like, you don't want the barrel. It's, you can't turn in hallways. But if it's a shot off, it's a, it's a shot off. That's the way off. to go. <laughs> it will do. Yeah. Of course, the, the sawing off is it's kind of illegal. Also, another thing that's illegal is like um, alternating your bullets. If you like cut up your bullets, like deer hunter style, that's actually pretty illegal in any state. It, there's a little gun safety law right there. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Moving forward, talk about. Um, I mean, everybody was defeating Vecna in their own way, but I. Th- think one of the coolest moments was in the Russian prison. Yeah, they go back to the prison. They're over there and they're fighting the Demogorgon in the cage. Their plan is to get all the Demogorgons in the like area where the Demogorgons, you know, it's meant to hold Demogorgons. Yeah. So, so why do they go, have to go back to the prison and defeat the Demogorgons? Well, yep. They have to go back because I mean, it's an extension. They said, oh, if we can't fight them over there, maybe we can fight them here. Because they're all connected, right? They know that already. They know that something to do with the particles. And, of course, the Demogorgon produces particles. I don't know. I understood it that way. Well, the the Demogorgons Demogorgons are an extension extension of that that reality in the world. So if they get rid of those veins of into the world, they get rid of... The disease, basically. Yeah. They're, cl- they're closing the portal. They're yeah. closing the gap. Yeah. And everyone was doing their part. So that was like the biggest thing about that last episode is that it was cross-cutting between everyone doing the part to defeat the one cause or to defeat Vagna. So they come up with a good idea with the flamethrower. They bring out the flamethrower. Yeah. They give it to Murray. He's standing up on the balcony of the Russian prison. Winona Ryder and Hopper are going through, I, I just love Connor, Winona Ryder, and then they <laughs> go through and they bring him in the prison and then he locks himself in there with the Demogorgon and fights that motherfucker. Yep. And let me tell you, he brings out that sword and first, I, at first I was like, where's that sword from? But then I remembered when they first fought him in the first volume, they had an assortment of weapons they could choose from. Fun fact, that sword is used in Conan the Barbarian. I knew it. I knew it. Because <laughs> that was the reference they were doing. <laughs> that sword is actually a prop from Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I knew that's what they were doing because that's the closest thing they could do for Conan. Conan did came out in the 80s. And then when he held that sword, I was like, they're straight up doing Conan the Barbarian. But I didn't know it was the same sword. This is crazy. It's the same sword. And if you look Fuck back yeah. at the pictures, it's the same fucking sword. <laughs> so that shit was epic. He ends up slicing the Demogorgon's head off after a couple, you know, ferocious back and forths. That shit was awesome. It was mm-hmm. a slow-mo shot. It was beautiful. It was so goddamn beautiful. Um, and then, you know, they all end up meeting back up. 
and seeing the effect of, you know, what they were able to defeat Vecna, but Vecna claims that L11 thinks her and her friends have won. Yeah. But he says you've already lost. So we don't know what that means. Maybe yeah. there was so he a said, plan B that he had. Yeah, he said this if you think this is the end, this is only the beginning of the end. It's just um, So So they take out Hawkins first. And now it, yeah. it was And now they're going to um I don't know. They're gonna fight together. They're gonna wait time. it out until Venom comes back or some shit. So all of season four, everyone was separate and fought the four separately. But now <laughs> I feel like in the last season, season five, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be the end. Like you said, I think it might be the end. It is going to be the end because they did confirm and their the season. It's going to be the end. So that season five is going to be like, I feel like it's going to be some of Eleven's past. It's going to explain some things of them together. Like they're going to fight all of this together like they did in season one. Yeah. It's that nostalgia. In that sense or another. You know? yeah. Of course, they're and probably going to And I hope Argyle's him. still there, man, because he's my brother. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> another thing that I liked about one of his moments is that when they were trying to go out to the desert and find the coordinations, and he was the one that found it. Because he found the tracking of the tires. And I was just thinking like. of the tires. He's like, those are some fat tires, man. <laughs> that's some, that's some Native the... Americanism right mm-hmm. there. That's what I was thinking. I was like, dude, he's good at tracking. He knows. He recognizes that shit, man. Yeah. I mean, he may not grow up with the he's culture. He's using his hand. environment, you know? Yeah. But there's something about him that just made him think that way. And say like, oh, yeah, man. It was that purple palm tree, bro. Of course. <laughs> it's that purple reg, bro. <laughs> That's what it was, man. Dude, but... all in all, great fucking season. Can't wait for the fifth one. You know, more dope songs. Um, who knows what's going to happen in this next season. The last scene, I think, was was really pivotal because it showed that it will continue was the fact that they were on the side of the hill yeah and all those flowers were like half of them were dead and half of them were blooming you know which shows you know there's hope but they need to fight they need to make their stand yeah and then that whole fucking background that they're looking forward to um what it really remind me of remind me of was at the end of the two towers, Lord of the Rings, and having to come to face like, okay, we're at the halfway point and it looks much darker, but we have to face it. Yeah, we're just looking it's forward get to like dark the darkness. In this fifth season. Yeah, like, it's gonna yeah, be like, like we thought it was. Fuck. Yeah, we thought it was dark <laughs> in this season. I feel like this next season they could is gonna it up. be way darker, way more evil. I mean. I mean, just the Hellfire Club alone, I bet you there's a bunch of Christians, a bunch of Christians just raising, you know, raising a bunch of propaganda that, oh, Stranger Things is about the devil. Oh, like how they you know? did. I mean, that was, the whole thing was a nod to like the, um, I think I said it in, said this in the first season. I mean, first season, the first episode, 
of the first volume where it was a nod to like the um uh, not the health health shelter it was the uh oh god what, if, what the fuck was that face call uh anyways it was that whole era where they were like scared about like the, the satanic panic yeah the satanic okay. panic spa- uh, scares so it was a nod to that and eddie's character yeah. is actually based uh after that episode i actually learned that eddie's character is based on like a real life true crime case that was part of the satanic paddock or in the cult of that and yeah and i should look it up but it definitely bought like that scared stuff but i mean if christians are gonna be saying that shit again it's only proving their fact that yeah obviously that's just happening again so it's like what the heck uh i believe I believe it's called like the Missouri Three or the Tennessee Three. Um, you look it up. But yeah, that this whole season was about like you know more <laughs> into the darker side, more into the metal, more to the occult. Which I mean, by all reasons, it is because the eighties was kind of about that. All right, here we go. I found something off of theconversation.com. Satanic worship, sodomy, and even murder. How Stranger Things revived the American satanic panic of the 80s. From Kate Bush to Russian villainy, season four of Stranger Things revives many parts of the 1980s relevant to our times. Some of these blasts from the past provide welcome nostalgia. Others are like unwanted ghosts that will not go away. The American satanic panic of the 1980s is one of the less welcome but important callbacks. In Stranger Things Season 4, some residents of all-American but cursed town of Hawkins hunt down the show's cast of heroic misfits after labeling them as satanic cultists. The Satanism accusation revolves around the Dungeons and Dragons and the protagonists meeting to play with other unpopular students at their high school as part of the Hellfire Club, mistakenly a harmless game played by a pack of nerds for satanic conspiracy. The athletic popular Jason Carver wrongly blames its players for a very real supernatural horrors at the heart of the plot. Blah, 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 blah. Um, occult rituals, orgies, and human sacrifices. Now we're getting interesting. All right. The campaign against Dungeons and Dragons was part of a larger hysteria about a supposed enormous conspiracy frequently called today the satanic panic this is real now this is like real shit central to it was the idea that networks of cults were conducting occult rituals orgies and human sacrifices involving the abuse and murder of children the ritual abuse was similar to the claims made in the influential but discredited book michelle remembers 1980 stories like michelle remembers popularized the idea of large intergenerational satanic networks that were taking down american society from the inside yeah there's a lot to unpack Mm -hmm. here yeah i'm sure you could find like the character um the real life person that Eddie's based off. But devolving from that. It's very interesting that they not also like bring like references to eighties movies, but also things from like real life applications. Turn on. 
Whoa. Yeah. I, I just had a cough panic. Satanic cough panic. All right there, buddy. I need, I need <laughs> another one of these cold ones. All right. So, um, I mean, top twos, I, I, we did a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, top twos, you want to go into it. Um, yeah. That whole scene with, like, the, I mean, we already talked about it, but I mean, aside from that, I guess I would say, like, from the eighth episode, I would, yeah, I would have to say that the whole thing that she taught, um, that freaking, um, that Eleven was talking with Papa and stuff, and that they all, they go into that whole conversation, like, oh, whether they should, like, go to Hawkins and save Hawkins or not, but he kept saying, like, oh, like, you're not strong enough and stuff, so it's, like, it's just him still trying to, like, you know, um, trying to make her stronger, trying to, like, you know, just give her that tough love in his own way to become stronger so that way she can defeat, like, one. Because in some, in one way or another, like, it, Papa sees one as, like, a, not as a failure, but, like, sort of, like, a mishap or, like, sort of, like, his biggest regret. And it's just using Eleven to, like, kind of erase that or kind of defeat that overall. So it's, like, not going more against, like, good versus evil, but more like, okay, well, that experiment didn't go well. So I'm going to go ahead and freaking use this person to defeat that other person. So going it's, like, child, to, child um, against child. Right, going back to Will's drawing. Yeah. Will has a drawing where he basically, this conversation was basically about him telling Mike, you know, you're the heart of the party. Like, you're the one that's going to lead us through this, you know? And that whole fight with Vecna, when she was captured, it looked like a crucial moment where it was about to end. Mike is the one in the back of the, back of, L's mind on the other side telling her, L, I know you can do this. Fight, fight, you gotta fight, blah, 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 blah. Like, and then he tells her that he loves her. It seems like love That's the power is of helping love. it's helping her powers more than that the pushing her to want, yeah, you know, uh to be more, to to want to do more. And I feel like that's also a callback to 80s culture where it was like parents in the 80s, I feel were like kind of like that. You know, versus like now it's like, you know, nurture versus, you know, I don't know. Nature. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you just said it. Nature versus nurture. Uh-huh. I don't know. Kind of that, that kind of old philosophy and bringing that back, you know. So, yeah, I feel like in the next part, in the next season, love is going to have to, it's going to be the power of love it's again. It's going to be the power of love. Some some way another some way or another. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's But def- I also feel this is my prediction. One love one love will be doomed. One of the relationships will be doomed. You're right. One of them. One of- whether it be Nancy's whether it be Eleven and Mike because one of them is going to you know, someone's going to go in the next season. Yeah, definitely. It might even be L. It's gonna be bittersweet, sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
It's but um, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just going back to like him having to talk about like that whole love thing. Um, there is that saying, or there is something that was said that in volume one, how Eleven could control her powers, and it's through like emotion. And of course, like love is strong emotion that she uh, is motivated towards. And of course, I think that's like her motivation power. That's her fuel in that sense to have something to care yeah. about and have that attachment. Again, going back yeah. into like um, the biggest difference between Vegna and her, it's just like, oh, well, she has people she has attached to while well, he's very attached because Eleven pretty much like attached him from the world that we know it as. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's one of the strongest things about like using emotions and while you're using your powers and uh the one thing i do remember about it, that is x-men especially like x-men first class where he like kind of trains him how to use his powers and he says like use an emotional background to use the power of your um of uh lifting up an item or whatever he's like basically it's professor x teaching magneto how to use his power and then he's remembering like um they say he went through like Holocaust and all those like dark memories is he's using that to feel his powers. It's just like, oh shit, that's interesting that they're doing that. Which is true. I think like if uh, there were like real superpowers, I think the application you would use is emotions, you know, because that's your strength. Yeah. Especially if it's physical stuff. So it's like just saying. Yeah. Welp. Um, <laughs> I mean, final thoughts? Uh, I was going to say another scene, some but... final yeah. thoughts on this? I don't know. I was going to say another scene, but I guess what's, that was what's my What's the topic. other scene? What's the other scene? The other scene is Max having almost to... Yeah, Max almost dying, really. Oh, yeah. Because that's the one that almost kind of, like, got everyone. Because you kind of see the process of, like, Vegna having to kill someone, but then, like, last minute, like, ooh, she almost got him, like, there goes her legs, or goes her fucking arms, and then, like, last minute, like, oh, she didn't get her mind, or her mind didn't get broken, but, you know, she was, like, in a, a poor state of mind, or poor uh, state in her house and stuff, but... Well, she was, she some, was the bait, but she, yeah. they got her. She, yeah, and that's since she got her, you know? she, like, you know, you go out there fucking fishing out a shark, and you know, you don't want to get eaten, but you got fucking bit pretty hard in that sense. But, I mean, she's okay, and she looks like she's going to be okay. It's just going to be, like, a lot to recover from, like, emotionally and then also mentally and fucking physically overall. So it's like, oh, shit. And I had to wonder, like, where the hell was her mom? <laughs> That's the one thing I was that was going through my mind. I was like, Lucas and Eric I mean, were all there. their parents? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Really it's just like... Dude, get inside. <laughs> parents ever. Oh, man. Yeah, especially Ted. I don't know what's up with that guy. So they're saying that Miss Wheeler might play a big part in Miss hmm? um, Wheeler. I Nancy hope so. Wheeler's mom yeah. is going to play a big part. Mrs. In Wheeler. Episode. I kept thinking Nancy. <laughs> You're like, Miss Wheeler. I was like, Nancy? What's Nancy gonna Mrs. do? Mrs. Mrs. Wheeler. Mrs. Wheeler. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, 
that's the right place. I don't know. Who knows? Um, you got any? You done with scenes? We're gonna do final thoughts. Um, yeah. I, I think that's it. I think I'm gonna well, beat myself up. Safe. My final <laughs> thoughts on that. this is definitely like you've already heard my thoughts on season five. I'm just looking forward to more great music that they're gonna put in from like the '80s and stuff. They better do like thriller or something like that, man. Who they already knows? did thriller. Oh, they did. Yeah, season two, they did the trailer. They did like a remix of thriller, like. All right. Well, we gotta hear some more hits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll definitely hear more, a lot of more metal, more musical influence. We gotta get with some more stuff to have these new millennials. You know, um, they're gonna have Guns of Roses. In the past. Yeah, you know? they're definitely gonna have Guns of Roses. That's like late. They gotta 80s. have some dope shit. Poison. I'm ready for it. I'm excited for the next season. How long until the next season? I don't know. Probably till next year. Two years. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Two years? Maybe two, two years. years. Maybe less bro. than that. It's so going to be saying, a long so ass until season. Until then, just rewatch all the seasons. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to rewatch I'm looking all the forward season. to it. The Duffer Brothers, they're, they're probably working on another banger as we speak, too. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. From what I heard, they already kind of pissed the last final season to the Netflix executives. And they were like, Turning your eyes out, and they said, "Like, all right, let's do it." That's what I heard. You know, here they're turning their eyes out. Turning their eyes out. Why? Because they want to see it, or because they don't want to see it? No, because they got to explain the whole story, and then you know, obviously, storytelling is a very powerful tool. So they're imagining it as they're telling them how it's gonna end. That's how you get them. So Damn, imagine being in that room, bro. That room would be cool. I mean, maybe one day we'll yeah, be so, in that room. It's so spoiled. They're so spoiled in that room. Yeah, they are. There's, I mean, they're the ones the creating it. They have to know what's going to go on. I mean, they're the gods that are they're like creating this shit. And yeah, of course they're going to approve it. They're going to approve it's this gonna shit. It's going to be good. I'm just waiting for what's next after Stranger Things, honestly. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to like what's after this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, all I have to say is that they're doing a good job. Um, some of the earlier seasons weren't, they were good, but they weren't as great at, at this scope. At this scope, they're really trying because they're almost at the finish line. And with every great thing, you just have to keep coming with like more things that are best for your story that's being told. And I do have hope that this upcoming season it's going to be like the most epic, most diverse, and the most like heartbreaking out of everything. And it's going to give yeah. the fans what they want. And We've it's going to give them with these ending. characters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's going to be some more metal shit. It's like the Harry Potter of this for. shit, like I said in the last Definitely. episode. So, with that said, I mean, Stranger Things. It's a good show. It's a great show. Let's go on to the next one. <sighs> Let's do it. Um, do we have any sip on this? Sip on these nuts. Do you have the button? No, I don't. I don't ah, have the button. Shit. We gotta make a we gotta make new songs for everything. Oh right? man. I sip on here. Sip on it. There's not enough buttons. I need to sip come... on this. This make... is the segment where we talk about new and upcoming things or games, anything of our pillars, which include technology. Movies, streaming, 
And what's the other one? Beer. Beer. Music. And music, yeah. I talked about Mahal last time. I talked about Mahal. Huh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's your sip on this? That whole episode with a sip on this. Um, my sip on this. Oh boy. Oh yeah, I got it. So, like comedy. Netflix actually came out with. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I said this. No, I don't think I did. If I did, please call me out on it. Yes. And I will. Um, they basically made a Netflix Bay made a comedy special. It was basically called Bill Burr and Friends. And that shit was based on like the Netflix is a joke comedy festival that happened mm-hmm. earlier this year. They taped it and it was a whole event. And now they have it on Netflix as the final product. And that's just pretty funny. So it's basically Bill Burr as like, you know, the you know, the centerpiece of it all while having like all his friends fucking kill it at the mic. Um mm-hmm. they were all fucking funny. They were fucking hilarious. Fucking the one that made me laugh the mer- most was Jessica Kirsten. And I actually been watching her like in different like podcast episodes of like different mm-hmm. um platforms. And I was wondering like, oh how's she's how's her comedy? I keep hearing about her. And she was and when she went up for like I think it was like 10 minutes she did or 15. Fuck, she fucking killed it. Like, she just, like, she has, like, her own brand of comedy that is just, like, so, like, very, like, like, very attractive. Very, like, it, it sets you in. And it's just, like, oh, like, you know, it's, like, no bullshit, uh, hold the bar type of shit. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she's a New Yorker. That's a Jewish New Yorker that, you know, tells that type of culture, type of jokes, and also, like, how people are. And she really likes to make fun of, like, millennials or actually, like, Gen Z or, like, you know, younger girls with, like, high-pitched voices and ADHD. And she just does, kills it at that voice. She's like... (laughs) And she keeps doing it. The the more she does it, just, like, the funnier it gets. And it's just like, dude... And she's like an older lady doing this. And it's just like, oh my fucking God, I fucking love her. <laughs> and well, that's good. That's my favorite part of that. And, you know, definitely check it out besides her. There's definitely like Jeff Ross and uh, Mr. TikTok. <laughs> I, only call Mr. It, I, only, TikTok. I only call him that because there's a joke that he does. He's like, oh, um, he recently got a, gone on TikTok because. Um, He's literally minutes away from dying. And he made some stupid oh ass joke God. like that. <laughs> but this is the whole bit where they go basically roast each other. And there's also like a musical talent there too. Um, it was okay. And yeah, this is definitely who do I remember being there too? Um, Michelle Wolf is there. And uh, there's a couple others that are just coming off my mind, but it's it's a really good lineup. Definitely check it out. That's just pretty funny. It's on Netflix. Uh, Bill Burr and Friends came out on Netflix a couple months ago. So go fucking check it out. That's my sip on this. 
All right. I also got a show. It's not a comedy special, but it's a dope fucking show for all you culinary people out there. And shameless fans, it's oh. that raw, rugged, Chicago style. Um, I heard about it's this. It's called The Bear. Yeah. And it features none other than Jeremy Allen White, played Lip in Shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, actual real chef, Maddie Matheson. So if you've seen like Vice specials and stuff like that, he's done some cooking shows with them. And some new talent that I've never seen before. Uh, Sydney Adamu, which is uh, her name is Ayo, or her name is Sydney in the show, and her real name is Ayo Adibiri, and um, a bunch of dope people. Lionel Boyce plays Marcus, Lisa Colon Zayas plays like um, the Latin queen in the kitchen, you know, um, Edwin Lee Gibson. Which is like he plays like kind of like a Jamaican, I want to say, or South American like chef. That was yeah. he was like a grill master back in his day or whatever. But a really eclectic mix of characters, all different kinds of colored people. Fucking great, true to form. Um, you know, being very respectful of everybody, but showing all the different backgrounds that Chicago has. Showing the sketchy side of Chicago, so we see see like some really sketchy things, like in Shameless, go down. Yeah. But we also see like the real life kind of kitchen aspect that I feel a lot of cooking shows lack. Like a lot of cooking shows are like, "All right, we're gonna make this food, blah 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 blah. We're gonna go here and try this food." This is more of like the perspective of the chefs and the people in the kitchen working and making the restaurant what it is and the kind of day-to-day intensity and sacrifice that goes into working in a kitchen giving me a lot more appreciation for the food that i eat at places and for the people cooking it because it 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 can get like you could tell in like an environment like that it can get pretty hectic it can get very dangerous there's cuts burns and stabs um those happen at least once in all of the first season. Um, it also features the dude from Punisher. What's his name? Uh, he's in it? Yeah, the dude that played Punisher. The main guy. Um, uh, oh, damn. I just, I'm literally playing a game where he's featured in it. Um, God damn it, what's his name? John? John Bernthal. Bernthal. Yeah. yeah, so he's in it. He's Lip's older brother. Really? In it. Yeah, so, no, I mean, it's a really dope show. Basically, like, it's the family's restaurant. Uh, You find out something happened to his older brother, gives the reins to the younger brother, who is French cuisine trained, Um, five-star restaurant, worked at all the best kitchens in the world, like, fucking culinary badass. But now he's running, like, his mom and pop's chicago beef sandwich shop so you kind of see this transition of him going through one his older brother you know something happening to him and then you see um his transition over to working and now like with the people that he's working with too which are not culinary trained like he is and basically um just him trying to cope with having this mammoth job 
put onto his shoulders. Yeah. You know? So it's really cool, really interesting show. Um, great shots of food if you're into food. If you're a foodie, you want to see some dope recipes and stuff like that. Really cool stuff that they show in there. Um, and really great acting from these new that. actors. Maddie Matheson is fucking hilarious in this show. You ha- If you like cooking and you know Maddie Matheson... Dude, he's fucking funny when he does his cooking stuff, but in the show, he's he's a pretty good fucking actor. He's getting there. I feel like he's going to be on his way to being like a Chris Farley kind of dude. He's, he's All right, on, I'll take your word man, on it. Like, people, he's going to get acclaimed for being the funny guy, and he's going to become like the next. Like, he has that attitude. He has that persona of being like, he's like got a great vibe. <laughs> he's got like a great vibe to him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, also his cousin. His cousin's very loud during the whole show. Kind of annoying. Um, his older brother's best friend working with him at the restaurant. Just like a hood dude that's just, like, down with his friend to, like, do whatever. Uh, going through a divorce. So there's, like, real aspects of life going in this show. But there's also, like, you know, the hopefulness to make something better out of it, which I love. Okay, I was so, like, five minutes The bear. Ago. <laughs> Hulu. Are all episodes available? Because that's all yes, I've been waiting for. All episodes for. are available right okay. now. Hoover was telling me Hulu. about the show. And yeah, I wanted to show. watch the it's show. I just wanted to show. wait. I just wanted to wait till all the episodes were available. So I just I found I out know. about this show before Hulu started advertising it because yeah. I follow like a culinary page on Facebook <laughs> and they're all about culinary stuff. And they were like, oh, this new show's coming out. It's like, it features this guy and it's like all about cooking. It's really, it looks really cool. And then like a couple days after it, it came out, everybody on the culinary page was like, great show, good show, blah, 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 good show. You should watch this show, blah, blah, blah. Everyone started talking about it. Shit. <laughs> And it was like, dude, it, it was. It started to be a joke on the page. Like, it was like, oh, has anybody watched the bear? Like, it was like joke on the subreddits. Like, now the subreddits like, are like, raising it. <laughs> That's funny. It was like a week later after everyone blew it up, everybody was like, "Have you seen the show called The Bear?" I'm no, glad. dude, it's dope though, and I, I'm really looking forward to the next season of this. Give me something new to watch that's culinary inspired, which I love. Yeah, you know. Oh no, I'm gonna um, watch. I hope they bring in some beers into this. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it. I was just... All episodes were available. That's it. All That's cool. episodes are available. I love it. Of yep. the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to fucking wait. Motherfuckers. Yep. Exactly. Yep. All right. Well, I think we should hit the button, man. Yeah. It's been a good one. Strength Things. Season 4. Volume 1, we covered. Check that out. Volume 2, this is it. Wanna wanna check us out? We're at Only Craft Cast and IG Only Craft Run at gmail.com. That's our email. Wanna check us out? Give us an idea, just suggestions. Uh, shout out to us. Anything? Even talk to us. We'll talk. Really, uh, we're out there, and it's been a good one. This is Manny. I'm Sergio. Stranger Things. Woo! And good thanks to uh, Brew Dog for conspiring on this hellcat beer fucking amazing yep cheers to that cheers Five stars to on that. that baby let's play it again all right, all right. later people and good luck